0: Hi there, and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keen, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message, and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Let's give the Lord a great hand this morning. Hey, let's give the Lord a great hand, everybody. Thank you, Lord. Let me just pray for you. Let me just pray for you. Father, I just pray for everybody today. Lord, as we come around your Word, Father, I just pray, Lord, one, give everybody a revelation again, Lord, that you've got us. Father, you've got us, you're carrying us, you love us, you're for us, you've got our back. And Father, I just pray for anybody right, right now, Lord, feeling vulnerable. I just thank You, Lord, You got their back. And I just pray, Father, that, Lord, You'd, you'd uh, surround them, fill them, Lord, with fresh confidence. Thank You for fresh hope today, Lord. And thank You for miracles, Father, in everybody's lives. Father, I pray for many who doesn't know You or anyone who's away from You. Lord, let today be the day where they come to know You or come home. And Father, I just pray, let there be a fresh grace on them. And Lord, let there be a grace to not... I, I pray, Father, it is to know You and it's to be saved which is absolutely a priority But Lord, also let people step into what You have for them, Father, both in Your house and out of Your house in the community. And I just prayed for great, fulfilled lives, great free lives who, Father, will see in the years and the decades ahead, great fruit, Father, in both themselves and in their families. Lord, I pray that now we give You thanks and praise for what You're doing in our church and in our, our friends and our families, Lord. And I just pray Your blessing over everybody in this season, Father. Put angels around us as we travel, Father. And I just pray great protection. Of everybody, and we give you all the thanks, Lord, and all the praise today in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Can we give the Lord a great hand, everybody? Give the Lord a great hand, Amen. You can be seated, and I'm going to invite Stuart and Nadia up, and some of the pastors and any of the elders who are here come up quickly. Um, we're just going to pray for Stuart and Nadia today, everybody, who, Stuart's actually on our staff here at Global Heart Church and been a huge blessing to our church, to our staff, and uh, to me as well. Along with Nadia, they've been serving in church for years and years and years, have brought so much to our church, but we're sending them as missionaries to Melbourne right now, and, uh, which I think is awesome. So, uh, we just wanted to pray for them because they're going to be leaving just before the end of the year and going over. Already, they have got an apartment right in the center of where church is. And uh, Nadi has already got her career sorted out. She's been promoted to Melbourne. And we just need to pray for you, mate. <laughs> so, we've leaned for Stuart to step into a great uh, uh, job in Melbourne. But already, we just know that God's going to use them there. And uh, we just, as a leadership, Straight away, just felt the prompting. This is the right thing for them to go and be part of our team there. And so already, we know the team in Melbourne excited, and we know you guys going to bring a great blessing. You brought so much to the house here. Your faithfulness, your love, your service, your support. You're like pillars in the house of God, and uh, we know you're going to be that in Melbourne. And they're going to just be so blessed to have you there. I'm praying and believing that God's going to use you to lead a lot of people to Christ. You're both anointed for it. I'm believing for souls where you work, where you live. Um, uh, right in our community where God has placed us, right across Melbourne as well. But I believe that God's taking you there to be a great part of reaching a whole lot of people, a whole lot of business people, and uh, but also single people, couples, families, in Jesus' name. And uh, and I just know that God's been preparing you guys for this for a long time. So I believe in Melbourne, you're gonna flourish and God is gonna bless you. You won't have the beach. You won't have the vineyards. <laughs> uh, you won't have Margaret River, but the Lord will make Make it up with a whole lot of other things. <laughs> so, uh, what did you say? You'll have coffee. What? We have coffee. <laughs> Joanna said you'll have coffee. No, it's going to be it's gonna be great. And uh, what's happening there already, it's just got this touch of God on it, and you guys are going to be used greatly. So, church, can we just pray for them? Church family, just stretch your hand out. Let's really pray for these guys as they go. In Jesus' name. So, Father, Lord, thanks for Stuart and Nadia. Thanks for all their years of service and love and support, Father. We just pray, Father, that you'll reward them in Melbourne. Let it be a place of great blessing for them, a great reward, Father. And Lord, we just pray also to let there be a fresh anointing on them, Lord, for the the next season, Lord, the next stage of what you have for them. We pray souls, we pray miracles, we pray the job for Stuart, we pray finances. Lord, thank you that they're being sent, Lord, and we just pray ascending anointing on them. And Father, we just pray that they'll just see miracles wherever they go, people being saved, people being added. Lord, uh, Father, even I just see even Christians, Lord, who have for whatever reason are out of fellowship, Lord, they're just connecting them, meeting them, they're being healed, they're being restored, and finding their purpose in your house and out of the house. So, Father, we just pray bless them. Them as they go. Let there be a mighty anointing on them. Let there be mighty miracles. And I just pray, Father, that they will flourish and the church will flourish. So Father, and, and let them be a great part of it. Thank you for what they've done here, Lord. We just pray, bless them in this new season. In Jesus' mighty Name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Give these guys a great big hand. Alright, one more hand as they go, everybody. One more hand as they go. And, uh, and I want uh, everybody to, after the Service Cup, to Goddard and Blessing and the Princess and just say a big g'day because Goddard has become an Aussie and Blessing as well. Congratulations. So... So if you can go and give them a big good day after the service to just welcome them into the Australian uh, clan, that would be really, really good as well, which would be so nice. All right, uh, actually, I did want to pray for Pastor Mari too. We prayed for him in the last service and also Ian Emsley. Uh, Ian's just had a big operation. And Pastor Mari, for those who didn't know, don't know, her and Phil were out yesterday doing a great pastoral call as they do. Just awesome people, serving people always. And uh, Mari has tripped on some loose rock, would be the words, and she's broken her ankle. And so she had surgery this morning. She's now in recovery, but we just pray for her, everybody. And just pray for quick recovery for our dear Mari, who everybody loves and she loves everybody with Phil. We just appreciate you both so much. So let's just pray for Mari. Pray for Ian as well right now. So that'd be really good. So Father, just thanks for Pastor Mari and Ian Emsley as well, Lord. And we just pray, Father, now, let them both have a quick recovery. Uh, Father, we just pray supernatural grace, supernatural comfort. Thank you, Lord, that that's surgery. went Well, this morning, and we just pray, Father, that you just uh, grace them Lord in this uh, frustrating season and just pray Lord right now there'd be a supernatural grace and uh, there'd be quick restoration and Lord I just pray favour of healing on both of their lives Lord we just thank you Father for it and we just agree as a church family Lord for a miracle now for both of them in your name Lord and everybody said Amen Amen. let's give the Lord one more hand everybody one more hand there Amen Amen also, two just with wrap it up, well done, everybody. That's so good. But we're just going to keep wrap it up happening in the sense of, in, in the lead up to uh, Christmas, we're still going to be taking donations. So if you would like to uh, bring in tins, bring donations, we're still going to be making sure anything that comes in goes out to families in need because there are a lot of families in need. So uh, if you want to uh, bring something, you didn't bring something, you'd like to bring something more, uh, that's fine, everybody, because we'll make sure at Christmas that everything we get in, we get out and get it to people. So that would be really, really good as well. No. <sighs> I'm um, chapel services on this afternoon, which would be awesome. So uh, if you've got friends, family who um, right now and the day up to Christmas could be a part of our chapel service, please invite them. Uh, that's become Sue's service as well. And uh, I know Pastor Luke is speaking this afternoon, so that'll be awesome. We're we'll praying for people too. Uh, so think about who you could invite, but particularly people who come from a, a, a quieter background, that may be the very service that links them uh, to the Lord and into the kingdom. So be great to have you there. Um, I've just been in Germany with uh, Steve Petira and also uh, Michael and Taya Jacob came with us. And uh, actually, there's a quick shot of some of this staff and uh, uh, Yogi who oversees Influential sitting there as well uh, in H- Hamburg, Germany. You can just go through those and uh, you just going to see a few shots of the trip where we've just been. But a big miracle in Germany because see the right there on the right, just stop there. Oh, that other shot. Oh, hello. Okay, it's rolling on. Okay, it's rolling through. The, uh the one you'll come through in a minute there we go but the warehouse you just saw is where we're now having church. Big miracle because it's really right in the centre of where now thousands of uh, apartments have been built. And what's happened is there's usually get either single people or retired people, but what's happened is there's heaps of young German families that have moved in there with one or two children. And so when we started church the first weekend, uh, we would have had about a dozen people come up to the door asking us what's happening, taking a, a, a leaflet or something about church. And then again, the second week, the same thing. I saw 11 people making decisions for Christ, which was awesome. And uh, and it just has really got just this powerful, fresh touch happening on it. And we're very excited about the services and uh, people were very excited. We had new people coming in they were just excited to be a part of it. And uh, God has definitely got great plans for our family and our church in Hamburg. So it's awesome. New season, new day for them. And uh, also, as you know, Montreal's on the way with a new building, which they're getting for 50% off. And apparently in Quebec, they don't negotiate until God appears. And, uh, and so really, really very exciting to see what God is doing there. So do pray for Hamburg if you can, everyone, because it's awesome. One of the things, again, we keep telling everybody we're in miracle territory. Believe in miracle ter- miracles. Believe for your family to be saved. Uh, in uh, Hamburg, there's a music producer who produces a lot of music for some of the top people in um, Germany. Anyway, he's in church and he came and told me the story of, he said, uh, one of the singers in Germany right now who everybody in the country knows is having a very difficult time in her life. And, uh, and he was asking me about what to do because he's working with her. What does he say? How does he share? What does he talk about with her? And, uh, and he said, if I say the name in Germany, everybody knows her. He goes, Goes, but she's actually going through a lot of pain and not in a good place. So anyway, so he prayed for her and um, then just before I left, the week before I left, he comes up to me and goes, you won't believe this. And I thought, I will. Anyway, <laughs> but he came and said to me that in her letterbox that week where she lives, I um, mean, he said, we need to get together and just talk about God and blah, 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 sometime a bit more. Anyway, and in her letterbox, with a card and it said, this is an appointment for you. And so she opened the card and in it was the gospel story of Jesus coming at Christmas. And then... And then at the end it says, and here's the prayer to pray to invite Jesus Christ into your life. So she rang him and said, did you send this to me? And he said, no, I didn't send it to you at all. And she said, well, how's it coming to my letterbox? And he said, God. So she then was like, wow. They then talked again and started chatting about it. And then he said to her, would you like to pray the prayer and invite Jesus into your life? And she said, yes, I would. So she prayed with him and gave her life to the Lord. And he came and said to me, pastor, In Germany, we're in miracle territory. (laughs) So. So, so good, everybody. So everything we're doing out now, and by the way, what we're doing out in the world, we are fulfilling the Word of God, where Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel. He didn't say, just go to Perth and stay. He said, go into all the world, preach the gospel, build churches, proclaim it, and then start to see people, hello, get in. Most importantly, number one, get into the kingdom, but then also get into their purpose that God has for them in the house of God and out of the house of God. So we're seeing that now around our campuses. So keep praying for everything that we're doing because all of it is having a big impact in a lot of people's lives. And uh, we just tell you little bits, but really the reality is it's huge what is happening. And it is supernatural in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you know we have a nativity out in the foyer? I don't know about you, but I'm very happy about that. (laughs) I love a nativity. So uh, also too, Lakeside's got one up and somebody told me, Caram Shopping Centre. Everybody, if you can just put it, if you're going to ring or denote to Lakeside Shopping Centre, hey, thanks for putting up a nativity or Caramah Shopping Centre. It's really good because they put things up when they know that people in the community want them. And so it's really good to see that at Christmas that uh, the nativity scene is there uh, representing Jesus' birth. So why don't you tell Lakeside or uh, Karama? so glad well done team and uh, let's keep them happening in our shopping centres. Uh, that would be so, so good. All right. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 2 right now and I'm just going to take in different aspects of the Christmas story uh, at Christmas and in the lead up to Christmas uh, because I want uh, us to realise there's so much in the Christmas story that's so powerful, sometimes beyond what we see. And so I title this message today, Our Messiah Took on Flesh for You. So there's the the title right there. Our Messiah took on flesh for you. So let me read to you from Matthew 2. In Matthew 2, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born King of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men, secretly ascertained from them what time the star would appear. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. When you found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him." And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Wow, what a powerful story of the coming of Jesus. And the Bible tells us that there were wise men from the east. And uh, we're not sure if it's Iraq or Iran from where they came from, but we know they were Persians. Any Persians in the house? Your your men were the wise men who came uh, looking for the babe in Bethlehem. And, uh, and actually the early scriptures too and the early paintings, uh, the outfits that they were wearing, if you go back in history, the early paintings depict that they were actually Persians who were the wise men. So there we go. But I want to encourage everybody, the Bible says that they were stargazers, they were astronomers, and uh, they were following a star, which I would like to say was a supernova. And the Bible basically tells us that as they travelled hundreds and hundreds of miles, by the way, it was a very long journey that the star settled over the baby Jesus in the manger in Bethlehem. And uh, Mary and Joseph, how did they up in Bethlehem? Well, basically the Bible tells us that... uh, the, the governor called for a census and everybody had to return to their homeland, to their, their family home. And so both Mary and Joseph uh, were in the line, lineage of David. And so that took them back to Bethlehem, uh, this small place, which in actual fact, Herod, when he said, tell me where the baby is to the wise men from the east, these Persian men, he was actually saying, tell me so that I can come and kill him. Because he'd put out a decree that the all male children under the age of two were to be killed. And so he wasn't wanting to come and worship Jesus. He was gonna take Him out because... The stories had been told forever that the Messiah was coming and the Messiah would be the Son of God coming to earth. And uh, Herod, who basically he thought he was a God, he declared he was. And so now he had competition and he came to take out uh, all the male children, which is always interesting too. Whenever the enemy's up to something, he's, he's upping the termination because he's always after destinies. And I want to say to everybody here, don't live your life small because God planned you to have a destiny on planet Earth right now in this season and in this moment. You are called to great things in Jesus' name. Come on, can somebody say amen to that? You're called to great things. And so uh, I love this story because there's so much in it. And the power of the fact that the book of Micah prophesied 700 years before that the baby, the ruler, the shepherd of God's people would be born in Bethlehem is an incredible miracle. Because Bethlehem now is small. Well, back then, oh my gosh, it would have been even smaller, yet I love God because He, uh, he works with everything. He, he bypasses what we would choose. Many of us would say, well, I would have the Messiah born here. I'd have Him come from that. And God says, no, let's have Him come from Bethlehem. And, uh, and it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And uh, I believe that God had planned that in time and then He revealed it to His prophets who then revealed it to us. So you know, there's actually over 300 prophecies about Jesus' birth, death, resurrection, and sorry, life as well, birth, death, resurrection. And when you get 300, it is impossible that they did not happen naturally. It's impossible. And for anybody who's looked into it, you go, there is no way Jesus did, had nothing to do with bringing that about, but the Bible actually prophesied it over and over again. We serve a supernatural God. If you're born again, you're in a supernatural kingdom and God has a supernatural eternal life for everybody in Jesus' Name, in Jesus' Name. And then I thought, what does Bethlehem mean one day? Went and looked up Bethlehem and Bethlehem means house of bread. Even there, God was speaking to the world that, uh, and by the way, because bread was their staple, bread will be a sustainer. God was speaking to the world saying, my son's gonna come and He, hello, is the bread of life. He will fulfil you on in, the, in your heart, your soul, your spirit. He'll fulfil you. He will be your staple and He will be your sustainer. Good news to everybody who's come to Christ. God wants to, You to understand that He's here to sustain you, sustain you in your life. And if you're not yet a believer, God wants to sustain you and fill you, and uh, He wants to fill the hunger in your life. By the way, Luke one fifty three says He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich or those full He has sent away empty. Scripture telling us right there again: You cannot receive from God if you are. Full. You have to come empty. What does that mean? You have to come humble. That's why many people watch on, they see things happening to people, they see God touching stuff and then they're filled with cynicism. They can't work it out. They get more and more annoyed when the whole issue is the reality is you have to be empty to be filled by God. You cannot receive when you're full. And that, by the way, Christians, that's why you're meant to be giving out. That's why you're meant to be pouring out. That's why you're meant to put your hand to the plough of service in the Kingdom because God can't fill you while you're full. Yeah. <laughs> he can't fill you while you're full. So you've got to give out. You've got to pour out. And when you do, God says, I'm going to fill your life again in Jesus' Name. You know the wise men when they came to Jesus, to these uh, Persians from the east. The Bible tells us the gifts that they brought, and I don't know about you, but I like gifts. Anybody else? Anybody like gifts? Who, when you were young, used to unwrap your present around the tree and try and stick it back up so your mother never knew? (laughs) All right, the rest of you are fibbers. So, I always knew what I was getting. At least, as soon as it was hit, hit the tree. Within 24 hours, I knew what I was getting. I'd opened it. <laughs> so, gifts, gifts are powerful, and uh, and here in this story, the gifts they were given, there are is great hidden meanings. We're just looking at oh well, they're wise men. They're giving these expensive gifts. Yeah, but these gifts were actually reflecting the one they were. Uh, giving too. They were actually speaking of who He was and then also they were prophetic gifts that were talking about the future. So when they gave the gift of gold to Jesus, gold is a rare commodity, it's a precious commodity. Um, they were saying to Jesus, listen, you're rare. You're precious. The birth of this baby is incredible. Um, And the gold was a gift fit for royalty. It spoke of the majesty of Jesus. It spoke of who He was. He was the King of kings. He wasn't just a King. He was the King of kings. He was the Lord of lords and He had come to earth. And so the gift matched the royalty. Yet God, the God that we serve, the God that we know in the Bible who's revealed through Jesus Christ is humble. humble. He's born in a manger, a feeding trough for animals. Oh my gosh. And uh, you're just like, how has that worked? We serve a humble God. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? he come in humility to earth, yet the gifts actually say to us, He is your King. Everybody, Jesus is the King of Kings. Come on, He is the King of Kings. He's your King. He's my King. The next gift they gave was a gift of frankincense. Frankincense, it's such an old, um, if you like, uh, material, old perfume. But that frankincense has very interesting qualities, which once again were reflective of Jesus, but also reflective of His ministry. So one of the uh, aspects that frankincense brings about is when you use it, it actually has a calming effect. Get near Jesus and in the midst of your storm, your trial, your challenge, your job loss, your marriage loss, you've lost everything, God will bring calm to your storm. It was speaking of, He will bring peace to the most troubled lives when you get near Him and walk with Him. Everybody, can I encourage you, draw near to God. Draw near to God. When you don't know what to do, just sit, get a chair, get a chair at the beach, get a chair in a park, sit in your house, wherever you wanna be and just say, Lord, give me peace. Fill me with your peace. He is the Prince of Peace. And God will begin to fill you. Ask God to show you. Sometimes be like, I don't know what to do, Lord. I don't know what to do today. Then God will say, then just live for the next hour. Sometimes you need to just, Lord, show me what to do in the next hour. If you got a problem right now, say, God, show me in the hour after that. And the Lord will lead you and give you calm in the midst of your storm. Frankincense is also restorative. I love that. God wants to restore to you the years the locust has eaten, where the enemy has ripped you off. If you'll follow God with love and with passion and with faithfulness, God says, I'm gonna bring about restoration in your life. And I love it. God doesn't do a to job. Come on, God doesn't do a patch job. We do patch jobs. God makes it new. God wants to make your life new, make your heart new, make your relationships new. God will start to make it new in Jesus' Name. Also too, it was a fragrance that was used in the burnt offering and it was an incense. Isn't it amazing how you get around some Christians and there's like a fragrance coming off them. There's something sweet coming off your life. That's what came off Jesus' life. Everywhere He went, people was like, who is this man? There's a fragrance and an incense. And that incense was used in the burnt offering, which also shows us and points to and reflects to the fact that Jesus would be our High Priest. Jesus would offer Himself up once for all time to God. The Bible says, then He sat down at the right hand of the Father. When He sat down at the right hand of the Father, that meant that the offering and the sacrifice of Himself was accepted by God. And so we don't need priests, Hebrews chapter 6 to chapter 10 talks about, we don't need priests around the world offering Him up again. It says that, and they do it. He says, no, it was done once for all time. It is finished through Jesus Christ. So He is our High Priest. And I love that because everyone, you can know today that, in, well, in my childhood, I didn't know it then. I used to pray to this person and that person, that person. And then you read the Bible. The Bible is a challenge because it just puts truth out there and truth takes over tradition. <laughs> a lot of us do tradition stuff, but it's actually not the Word of God. Somebody came up with it. We followed it. But 1 Timothy 2 verse 5 says this, for there's one God, and look at this, one mediator, also between God and you, between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. So when you see the word mediator, it means middleman. There's one middleman between God, hello, and you. There's one middleman between God and you. There's one middleman between God and you. So the Bible's saying don't pray to anybody else, go straight to the high priest, go straight to the middleman, the mediator, Jesus. And that's good news, everybody, because it also tells us in the Scripture, if you're in sin, if your life is not right, if you're not right with God, I love it in 1 John 1.9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous, so that He will forgive us our sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Go to the High Priest, His Name is Jesus. Confess your sins. Say, God, this is what's trying to control me. This is what is controlling me. Lord, this sin's got a hold of me right now and say, Lord, I give it to You. Grace me, God, to walk free from this and to keep moving forward. Everybody, when you sin, when you fail, dust yourself off, get up and go again and walk into the love and the grace of Jesus' great arms. Come on, His arms are wide, they're broad and they're open to You. Lastly, the last um, gift that was given was myrrh. Once again, myrrh, so interesting. And if you don't look, you're kind of like, oh, there's another gift. No, that gift has got strong things to say about who Jesus is and also about His ministry. Myrrh is a strong antiseptic. It cleanses. It will it use, it'll be used to cleanse, uh, you know, days gone by, they'd use it to clear doctors, surgeries, all kinds of things. Listen, it fights microbes. And I wanna tell you that it's speaking of the fact that when God forgives you, you're forgiven. It's speaking of the fact that God can cleanse you. You think I'm too dirty, I've gone too far, I've done too much. And the Bible says, no, no. <laughs> They're giving the gift of myrrh to reflect the fact that He's a strong cleanser. He, when He cleans you, He cleans you. When He forgives you, He forgives you. He He, he, he sets you free. And also mur is also used to soothe and it helps with stress. There we go. Jesus, once again, He is here to soothe you. If you're in pain, you're in discomfort, come to Him and say, Lord, thank You that You are, the God is able to bring comfort and soothing to my heart, to my mind, to my spirit. Lord, I reach out and I receive it. Sometimes I lay hands on myself and say, receive, receive, receive God's calmness in Jesus' Name. Everybody, it's a good idea. Sometimes just lay your hands on your head. Be at peace in Jesus' Name. If you get slain in your bedroom, make sure you're leaning in the direction of your bed. There we go. Oh, in Jesus' Name. So, and then also is a holy anointment. And the myrrh uh, is also a pain reliever. So myrrh's a pain reliever. Jesus kind of to relieve your pain. I love that. If you're in pain right now, give your life to Jesus. If you're in pain right now, don't stay in your pain. Just, just run to Him. Say, Lord, take my pain. I can't deal with it. And God will begin to bring relief to your pain in Jesus' Name. The last thing, the most notable use, super, super interesting and supernatural. I think most people missed it. When they gave myrrh, myrrh was used in embalming. So here at the birth of the baby Jesus, the birth of God's only Son, they were actually giving Him an embalming fluid at His birth. They were giving Him an embalming fluid that would be used in His death. What? What a gift. (laughs) Could they, maybe a rattle or something? I don't know, something else? No, we're giving you embalming fluid. Why? Because it was speaking of the fact that this baby's destiny is to die for you. This baby's destiny was to die for you. This baby's destiny was to be a sacrifice for your sin, your rebellion, your your, uh, uh, working against God. He was coming to give Himself for us. And so even there, the wise men from Persia, I don't think they realise you're giving Him burial spices in preparation that Jesus would die for mankind. He would die for you and for me. Everybody, I, I'm in so challenged and inspired and excited by that because it reminds me every day that I'm in God's Kingdom because Jesus came, He laid down His life for me, hello, and then He rose from the dead. You need to know, round two, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, this is, this is, there's no power. People get caught up in all kinds of stuff and this Scripture and that thing and that thing. Listen, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, it's over. But you need to know that the early church would have faded away. They were being persecuted, they were losing jobs, they were being social outcasts. And all of them who ran away in fear, anybody who knew Jesus they were taking out and trying to kill, all of them returned to Jesus, why? Let me tell you what Tim Keller has to say. He said, if Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to accept all that He said. If He didn't rise from the dead, then why worry about any of what He said? The issue on which everything hangs is not whether or not you like His teaching, but whether or not He rose from the dead. And we need to know that the earliest Christians, right? The earliest Christians knew this. They weren't looking, um, they weren't serving Jesus because He was dead. They were serving Jesus because He was now risen. He was alive. And 2 Corinthians tell us that He rose, the women saw Him first. Why women? Because as soon as women saw Him, you didn't need social media. They got it out that quick. And uh, then Peter, then the disciples, then the 70, then the 500. And uh, I love like what Chuck Colson said. He ended up in jail over Watergate and became a Christian. And he said, I know that Resurrection is a fact. He said, and Watergate proved it to me. How? Because 12 men testified they had seen Jesus raised from the dead. Then they proclaimed the truth for 40 years, never once denying it. Everyone was beaten, tortured, stoned, and put in prison. They would not have endured it if it weren't true. Watergate embroiled 12 of the most powerful men in the world, and they couldn't keep a lie together for three weeks. He says, are you telling me 12 apostles could keep alive for 40 years? Uh, He said, that is absolutely impossible. And as I said, the earliest Christians believed in the resurrection, not because they couldn't find the dead body, but because they found a living Christ. Everybody, Jesus is alive. 1 John 5, verse 11 and 12 says this. And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life and this life is in His Son. The one who has the Son has the life. The one who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Everybody, Jesus is the way both to life now, and more importantly, to life eternally. Make sure that you are walking with Him, that this Christmas you've made a decision to put your, your faith and hope in what Jesus did on the cross for you because you live in this life at a whole new level, but in eternity, listen, you live forever. What a great deal. Can somebody say amen? Come on, what a great deal. Can someone say amen? Can you stand up with me? Come and lead us guys for a minute. Come and lead for a minute.